This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 356 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. While calories count where they come from counts more and our body isn't a bank account. It's a chemistry lab and you've got to look at the impact that food has on your body. That's right. That's JJ Virgin. She's got a cool challenge for us. And I came up with a game to help you exercise. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do to die it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I won't smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a trainer, but today we have a Hall of Fame fitness expert. JJ Virgin will be on the show in just a second. I wanted to tell you about a new game I invented at the gym because I've been, I I said, you know what? I'm going to try JJ's thing and have already started dropping pounds. I think I'm down about three pounds. If I look at my uh, phone here, yeah, I'm actually at 218. And 218.4. So I'm I'm going down. Now her program says seven pounds in seven days. And here's the thing is I'm not hungry, but I'm yet I'm eating snacks. And you might be going, but Dave, you just said you're not hungry. I know. I have my watch set to go off at 1030 and at three o'clock because I work from home. And that was my cue to get up and walk around. And instead it was my cue to get up and eat a snack. And I got to tell you, I'm like Pavlov's dog. My phone goes off and I'm instantly running to the the kitchen. And even though I was eating things like strawberries and cucumbers, uh, occasionally I would eat uh, one of JJ's bars, which are quite yummy. She has a really great mix of making them good, but not so good that you go, oh, can I have like another five of those? And so I wasn't efficient. She likes you to go without snacks. And I'm here to tell you, just like I talked about in last week's show, you are as strong as the challenge you are up against. And so by Friday, I actually made it uh, from breakfast to lunch with no snack. Uh, from uh, lunch to dinner, I did have one snack. That was Friday. Saturday, I was like, you know what? All right, I did it once. Saturday, no snacks. It's just a matter of believing in yourself, knowing you can do it, getting a wrap around your head. And going, am I really hungry? No, I'm bored. Or no, I'm kind of stressed out right now. Or whatever it is. So that was one thing. I decided to really, really follow the program. And then she has a great point that there's a difference between activity and exercise. And she said, exercise, you should be pushing yourself a little bit. It should be ever so slightly painful. And uh, you should be walking out of there sweaty. Now, 
because I said the word exercise. As always, you want to contact your doctor before you go huffing and puffing. And uh, so I went to the gym. I came up with this game. I'm a big fan of Spotify. And you can make these cool playlists. So you could do this on Amazon Music or whatever, Google Play, whatever it is. But you make a thing. My gym, which is Planet Fitness, has Wi-Fi. So I'm not using up my data. And I, for me, music gets me going. I like to listen to podcasts, but if I'm really going to like, I'm here to sweat today, I'm going to listen to music. And so what I would do is when a new song came on, I would run for 30 seconds. And then after the 30 seconds, I would walk for the rest of the song. Then a new song would come on, I'd run for 30 seconds. And then after the 30 seconds was over, I'd walk for the rest of the song. Now, Saturday, I was like, hey, let's do this. It'll be even more fun, a little more running. Uh, I will run during the course because usually the course is the part that gets you up and going and wants you to, you know, wave your fist in the air. So when the chorus would come on, I would run. When they went back to the verse, I would walk. It's just a game. It's called high interval training. And what JJ says in her book, The Virgin Diet, is this gets your body used to dealing with stress because you're politely, ever so slightly stressing your body out just for a little bit. And then you give it a chance to recover and then you stress it out. And I've heard from numerous trainers that this is a great way to not only get in shape, but also to burn more calories and you're there. And so no more reading books on the treadmill, no more reading books on the exercise bike. I'm there to sweat. And so I mentioned in a previous exercise or a previous episode that, you know, you're only as strong as the challenge you're facing. And so my challenge was going between meals with no snacks, because if you're eating right on JJ's diet, you're not hungry and I'm not, but I was still eating snacks because I'm Pavlov's dog. And the other thing I did is I took my before pictures and it's, you know, I have a dad bod. I've got the big gut in the front, you know, but this time I did something I'd never done. And I was like, Oh, that's different. I took a picture of my back and I mentioned this in a previous episode. You usually don't hear people go, Hey, nice back fat. So Saturday when I was, that was yesterday when I was running on the treadmill and there were times when I was like, Oh, here comes another chorus. I don't want to run. I would run anyway. And I didn't fall down. I didn't kill myself. And my back was sweaty. And so I have this weird mental thing now that back sweat helps melt back fat. Now there's no science. That's just a weird thing I have in my head. But to me, the more I can make my back sweat, the more I think it's going to just dissolve, which is kind of true. Again, if I'm following the plan, if I'm eating right, exercising. And so that's something I just did at the gym with my playlist, however you want to do it. And of course, don't kill yourself doing this. Talk to your doctor. But for me, it's a fun way now. When the course comes, I'm like, all right, time to run again. And there were times when I'm on my, you know, it's it's now minute number 48 of running on the course that uh, I'm like, oh, here comes another course. And I still did it. And I got to tell you, I felt so proud of myself when I left that gym because I was just the right amount of like, oh, I'm going to feel this when I wake up tomorrow. And yeah, I had to change my shirt because I was a sweaty mess and uh, I need a shower when I get home. And I got to, I felt great. I felt proud and I know I'm headed in the right direction. I stood on the scale today. That's right. Because I followed the program because I did the exercise. I was down a pound. So with that, how, who's inspiring me to do all that? That's right. Her name is JJ Virgin. And here is my conversation. All right. Well, joining me, I'm very honored to have her on the show. Uh, You can check out her podcast, JJ Virgin's Lifestyle. She's a celebrity nutrition and fitness expert 
Uh, you've seen her on just about everything, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, and she's a four-time New York Times bestseller. I got to tell you, I've blown through about everything you've written or or I even watched the movie, uh, oh. the Miracle Mindset movie. That was awesome. Did you um, have to use tissues? I did. It's an amazing story. I have to use tissues and I know the ending. <laughs> I was like watching it going, no, it's okay. He he makes it through. You know? <laughs> but JJ Virgin, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Hey, good to be here. The thing that you have found in your, your 30 years, I guess, now of doing this is uh, we were talking in San Diego about how, you know, the, the whole, there was the fat craze and then there's the, this craze and that craze. And you've kind of discovered that it's not really all this, all that, and that people are kind of just have certain foods maybe that you have to figure out that cause a problem. And yeah, so you know, here's the thing. I've got all of these buddies, like, you know, all my friends write diet books, right? We all hang out together. And you put a bunch of us in a room and it's like there's going to be a brawl between, you know, the vegans, the paleos. We, we actually did something very funny, David. We did this um, live stream once at Mike's studio and we brought, I think, 10 of us in there. And we called it Food Fights. <laughs> and we had, you know, we had my stuff with the virgin diet and sugar impact. We had Dave with Bulletproof. We had Kellyanne with Bone Broth. We had Joel Kahn with his vegan diet. And it was just hilarious. I mean, it was a brawl, right? And I just started thinking one day, well, what if everybody is right? Because, you know, everyone can point to their diet and go, oh, these people went on and they had these results. And they're not lying. They really did. So what if all these diets work? What if they're all right? And you just have to figure out which one's right for you at the, this moment in time with what's going on with your genetics, your health and your lifestyle. Right. So that's what I think you agreed to be the guinea pig on. Yes. <laughs> How fun is this? It is fun. <laughs> it is and, super fun. I love this stuff. Well, the fun part is originally you read it. And of course, everybody just dives into the negative stuff. You can't eat these seven things. And I was like, for, and three, first, weeks. for three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. We can do anything for three weeks. Can't we? But still, when you say you can't have, that makes you want to dive into it. And really mo <laughs> most of this stuff, I really wasn't that worried about until you got to corn, because my family can tell you how I, I've set records eating corn on the cob and popcorn and just the fact that it's in everything. I don't think that's something you want to set a record on. I, no, I'm just not, thinking not really. out loud, you know, so that, that's the one that I went, hmm, that, that could be a problem. But you offer some great swaps. I figured this out, that if you're looking for ghee or coconut oil, it's not with the butter. It's in the cooking aisle. <laughs> so I figured that. And I also found out that you don't put ghee or coconut oil in the fridge because it turns into this giant yes. block of stuff that you can't use. But I've swapped that out now for butter. And it really, and again, I'm not using it in giant doses, but it, it gives, uh, like my favorite recipe so far is sweet potatoes with cinnamon and a little bit of ghee. Yeah, that's I mean, like, come on, like who's who's deprived? Right. And that's the thing I've noticed is I'm not freaking out on the stuff I can't eat because I was actually lucky. I wasn't eating most of that stuff anyway. Uh, and it's just a matter of swapping things out. The one thing I haven't figured out is what's a good replacement for salad dressing? Because I keep buying all this lettuce and I'm like, wait a minute, I look... I look at the stuff that's in the fridge and I'm like, nope, sugar. Nope. That's not going to work. Oh, this is easy. And in fact, um, both the Virgin Diet Cookbook and the Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook have loads of recipes in there. But this is one that I think is super important to do yourself. First of all, you save a ton of cash. Um, but second of all, 
salad dressings are where they sneak in all sorts of crap. Here, here you go. Here's a salad dressing. Extra virgin olive oil, lemon juice, mm. sea salt. That's it. <laughs> there you go. If you want to go a little wild, grab some macadamia nut oil. <sighs> all right. I mean, that's it. Like that's a, it's as simple as this whole thing gets. And um, so I make my own dressings. If I am getting lazy, I'll use my buddy Mark Sisson has uh, Primal Kitchen. He's got some great salad dressings, but that's where they sneak so much sugar into things. That's the thing that, uh, as I was reading different parts of the sugar impact, it's just that there's like 50 different names for sugar. Mm-hmm. And I'm now reading labels and I'll be like, oh, this seems okay. Okay. Uh, uh, nope. There it is. And especially like barbecue sauce and ketchup and mustard and all the stuff that you throw on your burgers, it's all salt and sugar basically in a nutshell. So uh, it's amazing the different things that I, I've found now that are not good. That ever. <laughs> They are not good. And you know what's so interesting? Once you pull these things out and you get used to not having them, when you do have them, you realize how sweet they are and how crappy they taste. And it's mm. I have one guy who has battled his weights, weight for years. I mean, and I'm not talking a little bit. He would go from 200 pounds to 300 pounds to 250 to 350. You know, I mean, like big weight swings. And he's in the food business. And one of his clients is the big cheesecake company, who I think you could probably figure out who it is. <laughs> and he just sent me a text saying, oh, I have to go overseas with that company. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, that stuff is just disgusting to me now. And this uh, is, was like a total food addict. So all these things are really built to, to hook you in and make you addicted. And that's what you were saying offline. Like the products that I've made taste good, but they're not going to make you insane where you're like, I have to have another one and another one, right? That's what you don't want to have is you don't want to have the gluten, the dairy, the sugar built into these processed foods that lights up your reward center in your brain so that you just keep going back and it's like the little mouse hitting the button over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're, I was, uh, I had a chocolate shake this morning, threw some blueberries in it, by the way, that's a nice little added touch. If you wanted just a little more sweetener, but it's not something like if I eat, you have a cool dark chocolate and cherry bar and it's good. And it's like, "Mm, this is yummy, but it's not to the point where it's like, you know what? I could have about another four of those. I think you mentioned in your book, how these hundred packs of, you know, um, chocolate kind of, um, not covered, but they're sprinkled chocolate almonds. And I'm sorry, it's a hundred calories. The minute you eat one of those, the one, the the next thing you want is another one. And you're like, "Eh, it's just a hundred calories. I can have another one. Right. I mean, and then, and then it's all done. You're gone. So I, I think one of the important things is to make sure you don't keep the foods that are triggers for you in the house, because even if they're healthy, let's, let's talk about like crunchy, salted almond butter. Mm -hmm. This is one I have an issue with. If Mm. I have crunchy salted almond butter in the house, I'm in the fridge and, you know, I'm in the fridge with a spoon, right? I mean, that's it. So you've got to really know the triggers for you and stay away from them. In fact, were your ears burning on uh, Monday? Because I was quoting you. There are two two words you used in in the Virgin Diet book that really resonated with me. And one was you referred to, like for me, the enemy is corn. So I went into the freezer and I had all these plastic bags of corn. And I'm like, all right, you're out of here. The the microwave popcorn, you're out of here. You refer to that as the enemy. And then you refer to some of the stuff, which it's kind of like, why wouldn't you call it this? You referred to some of the things in our food as poison. And it's funny because I just saw a, 
I think it was a Coke Zero ad. <laughs> and they're really selling it on like, hey, this tastes like real Coke and blah, blah, blah. And I just think to, for me, that resonated on how much crap is in our food. And it, it's the way not they food. It. It's like that's not a Coke Zero is not food. <laughs> it's just chemicals. I mean, what what where's the food in there? You know, we want to eat as close to nature as possible. Now, there's things that you're going to, you know, like I take supplements. They're obviously made, but you want to make things as close to nature as possible. You want to, in your diet, eat as unprocessed a diet as possible. That's the uber goal here. Yeah. The the one thing that has come up that I still kind of, I, I can't wait to talk to you about this, is gut health. Because, you know, for a while we were all talking about low fat and then we we're talking about low sugar. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, everybody's talking about their gut. When did that come about and why did it come about? It just seems like everybody's now talking about your gut health. About darn time. Yeah. Um, you know, I started talking about this back with the virgin diet. And um, I just think it's gotten more and more and more out of zeitgeist. Like I remember way back when I was teaching a course to doctors called Overcoming Weight Loss Resistance. And one of the things I was doing was a food sensitivity test, looking at leaky gut. We were just able to start to see some of the stuff with gut microbiome. But I think part of this is now we can look at the bacteria in the gut and we can see so much more from it. And we're learning so much more about this. You know, we have more bacteria than, than cells. So we are more other than ourselves when it really gets down to it. We're more bacteria and this bacteria is not benign. It can make the difference between you losing weight or gaining it. There are bacteria that are in your gut that actually extract more calories from the food you eat and store it as fat. Obviously, we don't want a lot of those. It was there for us to survive, you know, famines. There's bacteria can make the difference between having a healthy immune system or not, um, having a great mood or not, absorbing your nutrients. So I think it's a lot of us becoming more aware of this and also now having the testing to start to identify all these different species. And there's a load of different species. Yeah, I was just that that amazed me just the a the fact that uh all this stuff is going on in my gut. I didn't realize what was going on. And then the fact that you, you shed the light on that there are some of this food that we eat. Um, you have a great phrase that you are what you eat, ate. And so if that cow ate a bunch of pesticides and then you eat or, you know, plants or whatever it is, you get some pesticides into you. Sometimes those pesticides will go in and kill the good stuff in your gut. And I'm like, well, that explains why we're talking about our gut because we're eating Franken food. Yeah. And I mean, it's um, the GMO. Like when you look at what's happened over the last I don't know, 30, 40 years. Gosh, things have just changed so much. It's crazy, right? And that's created the problem. All that GMO food changes your gut microbiome. The artificial sweeteners. I mean, I still remember when those artificial sweeteners first started. And, you know, the first diet drink, Tab. Because my mother <laughs> wouldn't let me have Tab. And I would go down to the local little store. I'd walk all the way down this huge street, I mean, it was like a huge, huge hill. I'd walk all the way down. I'd get tab because my mother wouldn't let me buy it. I'd have a tab. I'd walk all the way back up. <laughs> I was obsessed with it. But all these things that we created, all the artificial sweeteners, the genetically modified foods that we thought we were doing because we were helping people with diabetes, we now know artificial sweeteners can create diabetes because they change your gut microbiome to be more glucose intolerant. It's crazy. When I put myself through college the first time, I was a waiter at a fast food. I was a car hop. 
So I'm running out to the cars. And I used to laugh that people would be like, give me a double cheeseburger, onion rings, and a Diet Coke. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the, the, the 14 calories you save yeah. with the Diet Coke are not going to help but you. But you didn't actually save, and that's what's so interesting. And one of the things I figured out early on is that while calories count, where they come from counts more, and our body isn't a bank account. It's a chemistry lab, and you've got to look at the impact that food has on your body. And that's what's crazy about artificial sweeteners is they may not have calories, but they're not benign because if they change your gut microbiome so you cannot um, handle sugar like you should, you'll have a bigger insulin response, so you'll be storing more fat even if you're eating less. And that's what's key for people to understand. I once had a doctor tell me, I had a client who couldn't lose weight. She goes to her doctor to have her hormones checked. And the doctor says, you know what? It's calories in. I kid you not said this. I'm like, we really said that, huh? Calories in, calories out. And you just, it doesn't matter what you eat. You could eat three Snickers bars a day. You just need to count the calories. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how, uh, you know, like you don't get what this food is doing here. You've got to think when I'm eating something, what's it doing? If it's raising blood sugar and insulin and you're doing that all throughout the day, which is why, you know, I hate snacking because it keeps your blood sugar and insulin up and you cannot burn off stored fat and you're going to be inflamed. And then it's going to change your insulin and leptin, make you resistant. It will impact cortisol, raise it up. And all of a sudden you've turned your body into an inflamed fat storing machine. Yeah, you don't realize it. And then you're stuck. Now, now you're trying to turn it around. And that's kind of where this whole program comes in. You pull these seven foods that that kind of trigger you in many cases. And then you, and like you said, your your body's kind of a lab. Is it phase two or three? I guess it's two where you start to slowly, if you want to, work them in. Back well, what, or- yeah, what we're doing is so everything that I've ever written is really to help people connect the dots between what they're eating and how they feel and their weight, because somehow we've gotten totally divorced from that. I think that unfortunately Weight Watchers for all the good that it's done, did a lot of bad and all the counting. And it's like the worst thing you could do is take someone who's food obsessed and have them start to count everything. It's like, Oh no, no. So you look at this stuff and what I want people to do is go, all right, when I eat X, I feel Y. And so we pull all the foods that are the most likely to trigger an intolerance response. And I I discovered this after years of looking at food sensitivity, food intolerance testing. We pull those foods out for three weeks. It's basically detoxing your body and creating a new normal, resetting it. Because I think, David, that people have no idea what feeling good really feels like, what it feels like to not crave foods, to, you know, not be held hostage in this like, you know, diet prison, right? And so you go through that. And then once you've cleared everything out and you go, oh my gosh, wow, I don't have headaches every afternoon. I don't feel bloated. I'm not craving foods. Then you go back one by one and you test to see which foods work for you and which foods don't. I used to do this purely by food sensitivity testing, but I realized there's a lot of different ways that a food won't work for us. It may be food sensitivities due to something called leaky gut. It may be because of hormonal responses. Maybe you've got, you know, insulin resistance. It may be genetics. You've got issues with celiac disease or lactose intolerance or fructose malabsorption. So there's a lot of different ways that things can happen. I don't think we know all the ways yet because we're going to start seeing that we can really figure out what foods work for us by our gut microbiome too. But when you start to go, oh, when I eat this, I'm tired. When I eat this, I just want more of it and I can't control myself. It's a very different conversation than I think I'll have a cheat day, right? 
Because yeah. if you've ever had a whole bottle of wine to yourself, you know what that feels like. And the next time you're looking at the bottle of wine, you're going, you know, that probably isn't a great idea. I don't think I want to wreck my whole next day. And it's, <laughs> it's the same with when you go and look at, like, I know that if I ate pizza, my fingers swell up, my knees hurt, and my face breaks out. So I'm like, yeah, not probably not really worth it, <laughs> right? Yeah, keep the poison out of your body. What's the difference between you, you start off with a JJ Virgin diet and then you also have the sugar impact diet. What's the difference between the two? Should they, should somebody start with one and then migrate to maybe the sugar impact diet or? So what happened was I wrote the Virgin diet and I tested online for like a year or so first with lots of different groups of people. So I wrote that. And what I discovered was that at first it was only pulling out six foods, gluten, dairy, soy, corn, eggs, peanuts. And then I discovered that if I didn't pull out sugar, people just went over to sugar and just started being little piggy. So what I decided to do was pull sugar and artificial sweeteners out too. But I didn't realize that it would be so confusing for people. And the biggest question I got asked from the virgin diet was, well, what about sugar? Can't I just have honey? It's all natural, right? Or what about artificial sweeteners? They don't have any calories. So that's where I went, uh, I've got to go do something more here because it turned out that people seem to either be completely confused or they just were so controlled by it, they couldn't quit it. And I also realized that where, you know, where should you start? And you should only start with one. I think we, one of the reasons people fail on a health program is they get these big ideas. They're going to sleep better, manage their stress, start meditating, start exercising, right? I mean, all this stuff. I'm like, stop it. Just pick one thing. And focus on that. So if you've got autoimmune disease, if you've got gas and bloating, joint pain, headaches, fatigue, start with virgin diet. If you've got issues with diabetes, insulin resistance, sugar cravings that you just can't get beyond, any kind of blood sugar imbalances, start with sugar impact diet. Ultimately, I think that you should do both. For most people, I'd start them with the virgin diet and then I'd move them into the sugar impact diet. But ultimately, they do different things. The virgin diet helps you figure out which foods work for you and which foods don't. Do you have any kind of food intolerances and helps you start to heal your leaky gut, of which most people have a leaky gut because it happens due to stress, genetically modified foods, artificial sweeteners, fructose, gluten, pain medications, antibiotics. There's so many different things that cause your gut to be more permeable than it should be and create you know, reactions to different foods. But once you've gone through that, you then can go into sugar impact and go, how many carbohydrates, which is one of the big questions I get asked, should I really eat? And what's the difference? All carbs are not created equal. There's a big difference between wheat bread and wild rice. And how do you know where you should focus and how much you should have? And can you have that occasional piece of cake? Yeah. I love the analogy where you said, you know, your body is basically a big lab. I love that. The one thing I definitely wanted to, to ask you, because I have a hard time with this. And now I'm just going to go to your website, jjvirgin.com. In your book, you talked about how, you know, I really thought soy was like this healthy food that I'm probably not going to like. Well, it turns out it's not healthy. How do you discover information that you can trust? Because it just seems like there's so much that's tainted. I know. It's the good news and the bad news about the internet. Although it happened before the internet, you know, it just was more tightly controlled on TV because boy... I remember I was on Rachel Ray and I was talking about pulling dairy out and then I had to do a disclaimer. 
really? <laughs> about pulling dairy out. Oh, yes, because the Dairy Council funded the show. So I was like, oh, great. You know, that was the cool thing about public television is I could actually say as long as you could back it by science, you could put it on public television, which was fantastic. It is a challenge. I have my go-to websites and I always look at, number one, who's funding this? And what are the person's credentials who's writing it? And, and, you know, even the things that make me crazy, like what the health, that movie, some of the some of the vegan movies can get kind of insane, but there's still some truth in them. Right. Just like where this whole fat and sugar issue came from first was um, one guy reading the studies and kind of misread the seven sister study and made fat out to be the bad guy for heart disease. Well, you know, some fats are bad for your heart but not all of them. So there's always some truth in there. It's just kind of understanding. And I think that's where you have to really pick your experts and, you know, listen to them. I'll tell you some of the ones I think are great out there is my buddy, Dr. Mark Hyman is awesome. And uh, Mark Sisson, who I've known for 30 years. I mean, I've known a lot of these people forever. So I kind of know what they do and what they stand for in their integrity. Dr. Sarah Gottfried's another one. She's got great info and Chris Kresser. So there's people out there who you can see who've got great info and it's always well documented and researched. Yeah, because I was reading in your book and there was a study that you mentioned because one of the things that I that I kind of struggle with, but not really, is you talk about shutting down the kitchen. So like if I eat at seven o'clock, by the time I go to bed, there's there's nothing. You want to have this fast by the time I wake up. And you said that there was a study that you had uh, examined and that many people think they're hungry at like whatever, nine o'clock are probably just thirsty. And I can tell you that's absolutely true because there was a time I was like, oh, here, here come the hunger pains. And I would look over and I'm like, hey, I haven't taken anything out of my glass. I have been sitting here with a glass of water and completely ignoring it, drank half of it and problem solved. So I appreciate the fact that you're looking into all the science and and you're letting us. uh, That was a cool study. That study showed that with dieters. So these were people cutting their calories. So they were hungry that in a hundred percent, like you never see this hundred percent of them cut their evening hunger pangs by having a glass of water. Not a ton of water, so you're up peeing all night long, but just a glass of water before bed, a glass of water. One of the most effective things you can do to help with weight loss is to get the heck out of the kitchen after dinner and eat dinner early. Eat dinner sometime between six and seven and then get out of the kitchen. There should be a lockdown. You know, it's what I would see my perfect kitchen is this, is it's got some kind of big cage thing that goes over it and shuts it down at night. And maybe there's even an armed garden there. And should you happen to try to wander in there, it's, you know, like the alarms go off, the bells sound, the cops come, the whole bit, the police come. Like at the mall, they have that big thing that just locks down the store. Yeah, we got Paul Blarth, mall cop, coming in there, getting you. But that's really what it should be is we need to have a good 12 hour plus overnight fast. It's hugely important. I, there was this one doctor who writes diet books who just makes me crazy. I was like, how did this guy get all this airtime? Cause he taught people to have breakfast, a snack, lunch, a snack, dinner, and a snack after dinner. He said, diet soda isn't the problem. It's what you do with them. I'm like, no, it's the diet soda dude. And he was having people like have some chocolate covered pretzels before bed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> if I ate that way, I'd, I'd like gain 50 pounds. Like stop telling people this crap. (laughs) 
you know, but this is the problem. These people get on shows like Rachel Ray and have big followings. It's, it's the, um, I can say it cause I don't care. It's that book shred. And then they, you know, it just, it just made me insane. Like, you know, these are the things just like that other book, um, green smoothie cleanse that says you can have as much fruit as you want. I'm like, no, you can't. Fruit is not free food and juice is just like soda. So skip it. In fact, apple juice has more fructose than a Coca-Cola does. You're wow. worse off having apple juice. And I said that, uh, it was funny. I was doing an interview with Vishen Lakiani for Mind Valley, And I said, you know, you're better off having a Coke than an apple juice. And you would have thought that I said, you know, moms are, are evil people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the tooth fairy is not real. I mean, it was just people went off on me and I'm like, hey, you know what? Look at the look at the science. Look at what's in it. Sure. You've got all those, artif- you know, those crappy colorings and stuff in the soda, but you've got fructose jacked up in apple juice and they're giving it to little kids and they're wondering why they've got fatty liver. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned that in your book, you know, you, you can actually eat too much healthy food, too much yeah. food. So. Yeah. We don't need to eat. We eat so much more food than we need to be eating. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you have a, a fun filled challenge for us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Well, so I spend, I'd say 95% of what I do, I just give away for free. Cause I don't want anyone to ever try to tell me that they couldn't get healthy because they couldn't afford it. I also know that it's actually doesn't cost more to eat healthy, right? So all that stuff <laughs> I call BS on. So what I decided to do was give someone a quick win. Cause I know one of the challenges in weight loss is that most people have tried and tried and tried and things just don't work. And they finally just figure it's either their genetics or their age and they give up. And so I put together for the virgin diet because the virgin diet's tagline is literally drop seven foods, lose seven pounds, just seven days. Cause that's the average we see with people. And I think you're what day three and three pounds down or something crazy. Yeah. It, it's uh, I, I str- have struggled for years to get under 220. And it's like every day I step on the scale and it's like, okay, 219 today. I stepped on it. I'm like 218. I'm like, that's cool. Cause now we're like, it's not a fluke that I'm under 220. So that was very, very cool. Very cool. I love this stuff so much. So this is a free challenge. It's the stop, drop and swap challenge. And seven days, you stop the foods that are holding your health hostage. You drop all those horrible symptoms that you have, like the gas and bloating and joint pain and headaches and fatigue. And you swap them out for foods that, as you're saying, like you're not hungry and you're not missing any of the other foods. I just gave you easier swaps to do. So it becomes super simple. So you swap them out. And again, it's free. You go through it for seven days. You track your symptoms. The first thing that I have you do is that test to see how leaky your gut is, which I know you found that you had a bit of a leaky gut there. Yeah, I was like, check, check. Okay, yeah. check. Right. But isn't that great? You know, when I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, awesome. You're going to have some great results here. And then after seven days, you can decide if you're going to keep going for the whole 21 days and then go back and check in and see which foods work for you and which foods don't. My goal is that once you've seen such amazing results after seven days, you're like, heck, I'm not stopping. So that's my that's my sneaky little goal with all of this. And for me, you know, when I was little, I, I rode a tricycle and then I had a bicycle and then I had a moped and then I drove a car and all oh my those. We had the same progression, the moped <laughs> progression. Exactly. And, uh, you know, those are certain vehicles that I did at a certain time in my life. And it just may be that at this time in my life, you know what, I'm done with corn. You know, maybe that's just something that just isn't going to work for me. Maybe you've had enough corn. Yeah, I think I have. That's the problem. (laughs) I I overdid it in my, 
Yeah, you just, you know, you just used up your corn allotment early on in life. I had a girlfriend who became an endocrinologist, a hormone doc, and she said, you know, I used up my sugar allotment early in life. I've had all the sugar I ever need to eat. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's great. That's a good way of thinking about it. Well, JJ, I want to thank you so much for, if somebody wants to get involved with the seven day challenge, they just go to jjvirgin.com or any jjvirgin.com forward slash challenge. I'll put links to that out in the show notes. And uh, again, I, I deeply appreciate your time and your insights. And uh, I've loved everything I've read. I've loved everything I've eaten. Keep up the good work and you you have a new follower. So oh, thank you. So again, that website, jjvirgin.com slash challenge. And as I sit here and record this now, it's about 2.30 on Sunday afternoon. I had lunch at noon. And I'm a little bit on the hungry side. And so I'm going to go get something to drink, not eat. And I can almost guarantee you that's going to help. And that's what's getting me through this. So again, if you feel like the challenge for you, whatever challenge you're facing is too strong, you definitely can overcome it. I'll have links to everything that we talked about today at logicalloss.com slash 356. One of JJ's books is called The Miracle Mindset, and it is an amazing story. Her son was hit and left for dead, and right as she was getting ready to launch the book, The Virgin Died. It's an amazing story. You can actually watch the movie, and so there's so many links here I could tell you. Again, her her website, JJVirgin, jjvirgin.com slash challenge for the challenge, but I'll have everything that we mentioned today out at logicalloss.com slash 356. I'm excited. I'm actually losing weight. And the fact that I got under 220 is a big deal for me. And the fact that I got under 219 is an even bigger deal because it shows that it wasn't a fluke. And so I'm, uh, I'll talk a little bit more probably about JJ version as we go through, because right now she's inspiring me. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I hope you're doing well. I want to say thanks to all of the logical losers who have been uh, helping me keep the lights on here at the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. That's our private Facebook group, and you can find that by going to LogicalLosers.com. Give you access to a little bit of the behind the scenes here of what's going on with the show, and you can sign up for as little as a buck. Check it out, LogicalLosers.com, or just go to LogicalLoss.com slash support. Thanks so much. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it thin. Won't tell you lies. I guess I'll have